Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two here of the early line on the grid. It is SportsGrid.com. He is Dane Martinez. I'm Joe Ranieri. And we want to thank you guys uh, for hanging with us here as uh, we look to a new week and uh, keeping the positivity, uh, positivity rolling. Uh, the glass will always be half full with us. And certainly we hope that uh, you and your loved ones uh, are safe and uh, okay. And trust me, there are worse things that can happen than being uh, quarantined in a house with, uh, with your loved ones right now. Uh, just remain vigilant. Stay safe. And I promise you, before you all know it, we will get back to some semblance of normalcy uh, and we will be able to, uh, to get back to our favorite sports and handicapping and all of that good stuff. And thank goodness for the NFL. We told you last night, uh, last hour rather, that, listen, we have horse racing still going on. Florida Derby ran this weekend. It was fantastic. A lot of fun. Tis the law. Uh, now there are some things to figure out between the Kentucky Derby and the, and the Preakness and how that's all going to shape up. But it's five, minutes, five months down the road. Uh, the horses, or at least the contenders, certainly have proven themselves up to this point in horse racing. But that looks to continue to give us uh, a bit of an outlet that way. And we told you, of course, the NFL draft. We've been talking a lot about the possibilities here with the draft happening on the 23rd next month, April, guys, 23rd to the 25th, it's coming. But it also gives us, as handicappers and bettors, it gives us an opportunity to tackle some of these prop bets. And yeah. we've got 30 days to dive into different possibilities. And uh, Dan and I were talking just at the top three. I mean, just let, let's look at the top three draft picks. And really, from there, you can kind of start to shape what's going on. And we were talking about many of the mocks out there, many of these mock drafts from not just, you know, uh, you know, Jeff from down the road who seems to think he knows everything about the Bengal. Just from some of these guys, and there have been many that have been much better than others over the years. Looking at a lot of the guys that we respect in these mock drafts, this draft doesn't start till number three. Uh, there is going to be Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, Chase Young to Washington, and then Detroit. You are on the clock, and in many of these mock drafts, uh, it's that way. It's those two and then Detroit. Now, from three, let's say, to six, that's where everybody's draft from that point, Dan, goes goes all over the map as far as what Detroit is going to do. We were just talking a little bit about the Dolphins, who we know need a quarterback. There are two outside of Burrow that many people feel are the must-haves, and that, of course, is Herbert and Tua. So the Do- if it really doesn't start until three, Dane, the Dolphins sitting at five. The Giants are in between them. The Giants ain't, they ain't going quarterback, right? You've got to sit there if you're Miami, right? Chris Greer and company have got to be sitting there going, Brian Flores, how much do I think Detroit really loves either of those two guys, I mean, uh, the Chargers, how much do we really think they're willing to sacrifice to move up with either Detroit or with the Giants, right? And if you're okay with both, if I'm the Dolphins and I'm okay with either or, man, I am sitting there with all the cards at that particular point and going, you know, and listen, the Chargers could actually wait until the Dolphins turn and then pick up the phone with the Dolphins and be like, what do you want? You know what I mean? It's so interesting the way that's going to work, but it starts, I think, with the number three pick in Detroit. So how do you look at this, Dane? As it's starting to shape up, assuming Burrow, Chase Young, those are your two picks. Take us from Detroit on what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, so first of all, our friends over on FanDuel right now have what is the third overall pick. And I think it's interesting that the way it's phrased is what is the third overall pick, not necessarily who will the Lions pick, okay? Because there you go, Joe, this idea that that could be where the fun starts in terms of the trade potential. I think you outlined it correctly. Okay, if you consider Burrow number one, if you consider Chase Young number two to Washington, and those guys are off the board, in that scenario, 
where you got to look because we know the quarterback is the trump card, right? Mm -hmm. You know you're only trading up for a quarterback. You're not trading up to get Jeff Okuda or Isaiah Simmons or any of the four offensive linemen that are seen as potential top 10, top 12 prospects. It would be for a quarterback. And so you have Miami at five and the Chargers at six, and you have the two quarterbacks. If they're both comfortable there, they may play a game of chicken mm -hmm. and just decide, hey, let's hope that those guys get there to our picks at five and six, and we'll, we'll, Miami will take the one they like. The Chargers will pick up the scraps and take the other one. Yep. Maybe, they're, maybe they don't like the same one as their top choice, and that's fine. The problem comes, though, in the trade market, Joe. There could be any of 28 other teams in the NFL that are saying, oh, I'm going to go up and get my guy, and it's Tua or Herbert. And then in that case, first would be the Chargers left in the bag, right? So do they have to make a move to protect themselves against that? And if you're in Miami at five, you have to worry about the Chargers and or other teams making trades above you mm -hmm. to protect yourself and get your pick of your guys. So at Detroit, number three at Detroit, Tua is the favorite at minus 110. And I think that's a deserving favorite because Detroit could trade out of there. And we also talked about the potential of getting their next franchise quarterback now that Matthew Stafford is probably on the back end of his career. So they could take him number three as well to a deserving favorite there. Jeff Okuda is the second choice at plus 185 on right. FanDuel. We've talked about him before. I think that would be a good fit. They had the worst pass defense in the NFL last year, and they traded away Darius Slay. But here's another thing I think is interesting. It is not without precedent, Joe, for teams to go ahead and make that kind of trade up just to block other people from doing that. And right. it happened only a few years ago, Joe. Let me remind you that when Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson were on the board, right, and there was probably people who had different evaluations of different quarterbacks in the same way that we don't know about if teams favor Tua or Herbert or, or, or Love or anyone else or Burrow, in fact, right? This is a time in the draft where there's smoke screens left and right. We don't know about information, okay? So if a team truly wants to go get their guy, they're going to do it, even if it's only a move of one spot, Joe. Right. And I remind you that the Chicago Bears, who were at number three overall and knew that the team that was number two, the San Francisco 49ers, did not need to take a quarterback. They knew that. In the same way that we know that the Giants don't need to take a quarterback, right. or we know that Washington may not take a quarterback. Still, the Chicago Bears traded up from three to two in that draft to go get Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. Why? To protect from anyone else trading with San Francisco to get to number two so to get to get the guy they wanted. So that it has been done before. And I say that because that means that Miami, you're right, they could be sitting pretty at five. Or the Chargers could be fine to take the either-or scenario like we talked about, right. right? But there is always the chance that mystery team number three, whether it be the Patriots who are looking for a quarterback, whether it be the Tampa Bay Bucks who want to have Tom Brady be an heir apparent bridge to someone else, right. or whether it be any of these other teams that have multiple assets at play and can make that move, go up to hop them. So I think Miami and the Chargers are still live to make trades up. Yep. The last thing I'll say on this one, we are in a very interesting time here with the free agency period and the kind of you know shelter-in-place business that's happening. I also believe specifically the Chargers, Joe, if they see it getting away from them or another team trading up to go to three and they know Miami takes five, they have another route also. That could always be when they then decide to pick up the phone and call Cam Newton. Yeah. Right? At that moment in time or any of these teams that strike out, and that's quite frankly why I believe that the Chargers didn't trade for Cam Newton because then they'd have to inherit his contract. Here, you would have an opportunity to negotiate with Cam Newton only if you know as like a as a backup plan, right? right? Or as the thing to make you believe, no, I don't have to sell the farm to move up to number four. You're not going to be able to rake me over the coals in this kind of deal because my other recourse is to still call Cam or yep. still call Jameis. Yep. Uh, and, you know, the, the big unknown here is just how – 
if Tua was 100% healthy and there were no question marks, man, we'd be having a totally different conversation, right? Uh, but that is not the case. You got a kid that's got not one, but two ankle surgeries uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, you don't really know what's going on with that. Uh, he was hobbled, don't forget, even before he broke his hip in, in that, uh, in that right. game. So you, you just, there's so much unknown. He's not even close to being 100%. That video he released, uh, let's be realistic. He's, he's not close to 100%. You know, his footwork, his dry, it's not there. So there are so many good players. There are so many guys that are going to be great additions that can really bolster up the team even outside of position. You have to worry, and this is one of the bets that I see um, a lot is, you know, nailing the first three picks in the right. draft, right? Yeah. And that's why when we look at it and we see Burrow, we see Chase Young, and we knowing that Darius Slay with a defensive minded head coach and Matt Patricia, they, you know, uh, uh, to be able to build that secondary, to go out and get what, Je- what Ohio State's Jeffrey Akuda, which many people by far think is, is the best uh, member of a secondary that you can go and draft here. Yeah. You know, those three exactly are plus 230 in a lot of places, plus right. 220, plus 230. At plus money, where, again, this is keep it simple. Draft the best damn player on the board for your needs and what you've got. And I think those three people are exactly that. So the question mark comes, if I am a team like the Chargers or somebody who loves Tua, do I love him, love him, where I'm willing to give up the farm to go get him? Or I love him, if he falls to me, I'm great. I'm not really willing to do that. Because I think a lot of these mock drafts, that have Tua in the top three, I don't think Tua goes in the top three. Uh, I think Tua's spot is going to be somewhere between four and six or seven. I don't think he's going to be a top three pick. I don't think anybody can be that sold on a guy they know that little about as far as they hear. Just too many, too many surgeries, too many question marks. Could be great, but do I, do I manage all of my assets, give them up to move up a couple of spots because he – could be great, not from a talent standpoint, but from a health standpoint. That's a tough pill to swallow for me, man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it can go. It can go one of two ways, Joe. All right. Way number one, and we have seen the history of this, is that teams will stop at nothing and trade up to get someone that they think is a potential franchise quarterback. Yeah. It happens all the time. You know, the Rams and the Eagles were not one two originally when Goff and Wentz were drafted. You know what I mean? Trubisky got traded up for. Our Jets traded up to get Sam Darnold. Most of the quarterbacks who go, who wind up going in the top five, it is because a team trades up to go get them. Okay, so we believe, we know that that is still possible. You know, and I'll never say, like, oh, it's just going to go chalk and, and, and kind of ignore the chances that it could wind up being a feeding frenzy and, in essence, like an arms race to get up as high as possible. You know, so that is always within the realm. But the other thing, though, Joe, is you said you said it at the top in this year where you don't have the opportunity to press the flesh or go to a throw day. Right. They teams may be less comfortable doing that. Teams at the top right here may be less comfortable trading back when they could have a blue chip prospect right then and there. So if you want to know the truth and we are a month out, right. But I actually think it may stand pat. And Miami and the Chargers will have their either-or choice that we discussed at five and six. Washington can get Chase Young, a defensive spud, and be happy and go to training camp with them. The Lions at three we talked about could perfectly address their pass needs with Darius Slay leaving and get the kid Jeff Okuda. Okay, and then at four, the New York Giants, everything I'm seeing here in New York, You know, if you look at the Giants' first pick odds, right, it is one of the four offensive linemen, blue-chip prospects that are there, and the Giants are going to have their pick of the litter if they want. And I think it would be hard for the Giants at four to pass up on a Becton or a Wirfs or one of the guys that they identify as their guy. Remember, they have second-year developing quarterback Daniel Jones. They have an all-pro running back in Saquon Barkley. Why not just sit there, get the piece that helps them both develop and move on instead of doing anything more risky? 
I think that if you put a gun to my head, that's what I think is going to happen. And then you have the Dolphins and the Chargers ready to take their franchise quarterbacks with the next two picks. Yeah, and, uh, you know, listen, the Giants, they're only going to have Nate Solder for another year. So Gettleman's got to figure, the last thing you want to do is go into next year's draft, needing to replace both offensive, you know, linemen in, in that situation. You don't want to do it. So if you can get a piece this year that falls to you at four, and you can pick the best that you like, the best of the litter, I think four is pretty solidified. And if anybody's willing to go up and replace four, um, it's going to come from the next couple of spots, right? It's either going to come from Herbert, uh, it's going to come from Miami, or it's going to come from the Chargers. Right, and I don't see anybody else. I think there's, and it could be, listen, the first quarterback to go after, after, um, you know, uh, Burrow, that could be the next. So five and six could be quarterback, quarterback. Yes. Uh, depending on how I, this falls, right? I mean, and then Miami and the Chargers just have their choice. Miami, you know, Miami takes the guy they want. Yep. The Chargers, can you think, you know, Joe, we know the Chargers are a team that is in the quarterback market. They That's move right. on to Phillip Rivers. Sherrod is a bridge. He's done that before yep. with Cleveland and Baker Mayfield, right? I'd be hard-pressed to think that the Chargers don't select a quarterback here, number six. The question, like we said at the top here, is are they comfortable with both Tua and Herbert right. or only one of them? Yep. Because if it's only one of them, they have to do something about it. But if it's both of them, then they'll be happy to take their franchise quarterback at number six. Overall. Yeah, because the next interesting, and there is another name that is out there, guys. Uh, the linebacker out of Clemson, Isaiah yeah. Simmons, is on a lot of people's boards in the top, uh, certainly the top five or six. There's some question about which way that so, goes with Detroit, depending. Uh, there is some question on whether, um, you know. I think that's Carolina at seven, Joe. Yeah, it makes, the most, it makes the most sense. It's a perfect Luke Keekly replacement, right? Yeah. Just get the best linebacker. Right. They've done a lot on offense already, signing Robbie Anderson, the new right. quarterback. Just get the linebacker to replace Keekly at seven. I think that's a perfect fit. Yeah, no, it, it is. But again, you know, I got a lot of the top three looking at Burrow, Chase Young, Isaiah Simmons for Detroit as if opposed Detroit to. Detroit wants to do that. So there is, there's, some, there's some intrigue there. We'll keep this going uh, coming up. And what do you do with line? Uh, what do you do with running backs in the draft, too? Are they overvalued or not? We'll talk about that next year on the grid, sportsgrid.com. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back into the early line here on the grid. It is SportsGrid.com. He is Dane Martinez. I am Joe Ranieri. As we uh, continue to power through here, talking some NFL draft, and we're excited because that's a month away, and it really does give us, uh, you know, us sports investors an opportunity to kind of dive into a lot of the different scenarios, a lot of the possibilities, kind of do our homework on, a lot of the mock drafts from a lot of the guys that uh, that you should be uh, you should look at and respect that do this. It becomes part of their life every year. Uh, this much is staying the same, guys. While everything else might be uh, topsy turvy right now, the NFL has said uh, there's going to be some normalcy on April 23rd. What was scheduled is going to take place, which means um, our favorite teams and teams around the NFL are going to be able to improve their rosters and possibly. Take a look at the next generation of, uh, of stars in this league, certainly at the quarterback position. Uh, so Dane and I have been talking um, a lot about the first three picks because that's really, many people think the, pick, uh, the draft begins with pick number three with Detroit. Right. What are they going to do? And, you know, continuing along that thought, there is some question. We talked about Isaiah Simmons, uh, best linebacker by far in this group out of Clemson. And while it would be nice for Detroit, and we... I think we both agree that Detroit is going to go defense. Uh, they are going to go defense. Matt Patricia trying to build something there. And Matt Patricia needs a couple of things. He lost Darius Slay, obviously, not easy to replace. So you've got Jeffrey Okuda from Ohio State, but you've got Simmons there 
in that linebacking position as well. And there's an awful lot of these drafts that have, and a lot of these numbers that have Simmons just a clear cut above everybody else in his position. So you're talking about the best secondary member, the best linebacker member for his position. So, uh, you know, not to mention he can play off the ball. Yeah. So it kind of with that perfect, you know, New England linebacker, so to speak, for Matt Patricia. So it's which way did they go? And that's when it could get real interesting because I think Akuda could be the guy that falls further down, not out of the first round, but there's always that one guy, Dane, where he should have been drafted higher but wasn't drafted higher because of whatever the, you know, whatever the chips may fall. Yeah. Um, you know, Akuda to me is one of those guys that if Detroit goes with the linebacker and goes with Simmons instead, then he's not even top five, top six. Carolina, maybe. Jacksonville at nine. Um, you know what I mean? There's, there's other – he could drop a lot further down. He should be top three, but he, one of them is not going to be top three. I mean, that's the bottom line. Yeah, absolutely. You've identified – we all know about Chase Young, who will probably go number two overall. Yeah. Outside of that, we're talking about Jeff Okuda and Isaiah Simmons as the next two kind of uh, defensive positions. We know this. Let me just add, guys, for you don't know him, he's 6'4", 240 pounds. He ran a 4'3940 at the combine. His vertical leap was through the root. He is a absolute B, not just a guy that's a run stuffer. This is a guy that can play off the ball all over the place. Tough to say no to him, too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was talking about it as a perfect fit for Carolina, and I yeah. invoked the name Luke Keekley. All right, so let's talk about the kind of uh, yeah. plays that this kid can get, true sideline to sideline, run, uh, you know, linebacker. You talked about his kind of agility and what he did at the combine. Yes, this is that's absolutely right. I just think personally that Detroit, you know, they just lose Slay. You want to replace that. And like I said, they were the last pass defense in the NFL last year but you know we talked about carolina defensive needy team i believe arizona is there at eight or nine as well i could see them going defense and to try to get a true stud there so these guys will go in the top 10 it just depends on which way you go and when you talk about akuda joe also like you know out of ohio state hasn't the buckeyes recently been cornerback university when you think like every single year there is one if not two cornerbacks from Ohio State that turn out playing pretty damn good in the league as well. So, you know, I think that the the pedigree is there for both of them, whether it's Simmons and with Clemson or Okuda with Ohio State. But they will be the top picks. I just think it profiles better for Detroit at number three to go with the cornerback, given what they just did with Slay. And I think Carolina, it falls in their lap to replace Luke Keekley at number seven. Burrow, Chase Young, Isaiah Simmons, guys, 12 to 1 in a lot of places there for that top three. And I will say this because it's hysterical when you think about it, though. With those numbers at the combine, right, guys? 6'4, 240 pounds, 4'3, 940. Um, The last time the Detroit Lions were able to draft a player with those kind of metrics and numbers, his name? Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson. Yeah, Calvin Johnson, guys. So when you have the opportunity to go out there, you got to at least consider the yeah. idea of drafting uh, a Calvin Johnson in a linebacking body and a linebacking position. He's a game changer. He's absolutely a game changer. And he's the kind of guy, Dan, you know what? If they go with Akuda, number three, the Giants, we all know, like Gettleman, right? Like, like could you, Gettleman who drafted Geekly. Uh, could you not see him? Could you not see him going? Uh, this is a guy that's going to anchor our defense for the next time. I mean, he's that kind of difference maker. So, uh, to me, I think quarterbacks out of the question for Detroit. And Detroit is not going to move. I think further down, they're not going to move three spots or four and and lose out on one of these guys. You know what I'm saying? So, if Detroit goes defense. You're talking 12 to 1 if you want it to be with Simmons as the three pick, or mm-hmm. if you want to go to Akuda, it's plus 230. So 2 to 1 with Akuda, 12 to 1 with Simmons. You still right. got Burrow, you still got Young. Um, you've got an opportunity to hedge a bet here for those top three. I think it's one or the other for Detroit, man. It really is. Yeah, I do. And that's what the money is saying, right? The money seems to be leaning with what I'm talking about in terms of wanting to go with the back and the secondary. 
with their pick. That's why you have Akuda at two to one, right. and Simmons all the way down at uh, at least on FanDuel. It's even it's a little bit of a shorter price, Joe. And FanDuel, the third overall pick, being Isaiah Simmons, is five to one. Wow. So they think maybe you know to your point that you know Simmons is this kind of blue chip prospect, right? When you talk about the Giants. The only thing for me which doesn't make me think they will take Simmons is we talked about it last week. They invested recently yeah. and signed two linebackers in free agency, right. formerly of the Green Bay Packers, right, where their defensive coordinator used to have some experience with these players. So for me, this in no way, shape, or form, you talk about his numbers, his speed, his combine. I am not throwing shade on the player right. at all, Joe. I'm just merely talking about what I think is a better fit in these situations at number three and at number four with Detroit getting a member of the secondary. And in my opinion, the Giants are going to prioritize offensive line. What could happen, though, Joe, you mentioned this, and, and we've said this with all the teams who may want to trade up, trade down. The question is, can they still get someone they're comfortable with, right? right? And so the idea of Detroit, I could see them as, you know, as perfect trade partners with the Los Angeles Chargers. Right. If the Chargers and the Dolphins, you know, if the Chargers are like, uh-oh, we think Miami likes the same quarterback we do, whether that's Tua or Herbert. Right. If the Chargers internally are thinking Miami's on the same guy they are, they may have to hop them. And three would be the place to go. And if you're Detroit, right, and you just fall back just to six, when you know there's going to be two quarterbacks taken in between, the Giants there, maybe on an offensive lineman, then you're left with the same thing, right? Are you comfortable with the Lions either or? This time the either or being Okuda or Isaiah Simmons. So the Lions could conceivably trade down three spots to number six. Yes. Still have that either or proposition of the two top defensive players in this draft, not named Chase Young, and acquire probably a second round pick next year to boot as they continue what is a long road to hoe for Detroit. Yeah, and... Uh... The other thing to consider there is obviously the Chargers have more than enough help in the secondary. They got some established young guys there that sure. they could go and, and, and use as trade and say, listen, here's your next, you know, here's your future replacement for Darius Slay. And oh, yeah, you move down to six. You can still have Simmons. Like he could still very well be there. And, you know, they could go up and get either two or Harvard, whoever they want. So it's certainly something to consider and I do think a team like the Chargers because of the depth they have in the secondary could offer something like that up to Detroit and get them to bite and they may just very well do that and I'm with you on the Giants but with Gettleman I just never know uh, with that guy that's always a question mark which is kind of laughable but uh, the Giants fans will always tell you the Giants are the Giants as the Jets are the Jets but I wanted to ask you about running backs in this yeah. draft too because two schools of thought and I continue to hear this over and over and over and over and over again. And, you know, the running back position being devalued. It's devalued. It's, you know, never draft a running back in the first round. Like, never do this. And, I, you know, I'm thinking about it and I'm going, I, if I'm a general manager and I think I have a running back, right, that can be a game changer for my franchise, right? And I think there's somebody, and we've seen a bunch of these come up in the, in the last couple of years. If I'm going to draft a guy in the fourth round, or if I'm going to draft him in the first round, then my plan is I'm, I'm going to use him, and he is never going to get a second contract from this right. or from us, ever. So That's I'm right. going to get him for four to five years, guys, and then, and then after that, he's not going to be my problem, right? And by the way, if I still want him, I'll slap him with the franchise tag in year number five. Hell, I'll slap with a franchise. I could get technically five, six, seven years of a Zeke Elliott, yep. no problem, and then go and, and work the draft, you know, the, the, that of a year. I think the idea of just saying don't, don't draft running backs in the first round, it's a waste. I think it's all on how you planet now yeah you gotta every four to five years then you've got to go ahead and, and rinse and repeat if there's a game changer but if you think deandre swift or if you think jonathan taylor this year are game changers for your franchise then I, the idea of no we don't do it i think is ridiculous like take them you'll get them at such a cheap price for four to five years it doesn't matter and kind of rinse and repeat um the second round guys the third round guys you're still going to be back to that same spot, guys. You're, 
you're going to be able to pay them yes, but if they produce, you're still going to have that situation where they're going to be looking for that second contract. Um, to me, I think if you see a guy, go get the guy, but just understand that you'll get him for four years and you may have to franchise tag him for a year or two, pay him top dollar. But for the most part, you went out. So I'm not of this, let's forget about running backs in the first round. If you see him, go get him. But just know he ain't ever getting that contract. He ain't getting that second contract from you. Yeah, I think it's interesting, right? There are prop bets, Joe, over on FanDuel on how many whatever position will be taken in the first round. We mm -hmm. talked about the quarterbacks at four and a half. We've talked about how this wide receiver draft is pretty deep. Mm -hmm. That number is five and a half. You see mm -hmm. other numbers like that for offensive linemen, cornerbacks, right? These are the positions that are high profile now, you know, in the NFL. Yep. Running backs are the exact opposite. And I find it interesting, Joe, that right now the line, the prop bet for running backs in the first round is a half. Half, yeah. Like literally, yes, no. Will there be one drafted in the first round? Now, albeit there's heavy juice to the over because you got to think one team yeah. will take a stab at it. But I agree with you, Joe. If for the for the true, you know, difference maker right. at the running back position, this is a way to improve your team very, very quickly because the running backs who are these true studs that get drafted here turn out usually to hit. And pan out, right? Like the running back position translates a little bit better yep. early in the career than, say, the tight end or the wide receiver. And what have we had in the last few years? Yep. Guys like, you know, Zeke Elliott, Leonard Fournette, Saquon Barkley. Those guys all seem to be delivering on their potential. That's but correct. You the other point on it on the back end, right? The idea that by the time their second contract comes up and they have three or four or five years of wear and tear on them – as the quote-unquote bell cow that you drafted them to be, yep. that's when they fall off the cliff, you know? And that's when you should just go ahead and find your next solution. And then maybe this time around, there is no game breaker, and you go at it by as a running back by committee the same way that over three-quarters of the NFL yep. gets to do it just because you don't have a generational back a la Saquon Barkley, right? Yep. But you talked about the idea of the franchise tag. We saw that. Contract negotiations, we've seen that with everyone from Melvin Gordon to Le'Veon Bell to Zeke Elliott. That's why some people are talking about Saquon needs to get his contract now yep. when so can even ahead of it. But yes, I agree with you. If you have that kind of guy, go out and get him. It is a huge impact for your offense. And in this year, Joe, we're hearing DeAndre Swift, the running back out of Georgia, Jonathan Taylor, of yep. course, from Wisconsin, J.K. Dobbins from Ohio State. But ironically, if you look at their prop bets, not like only one of them that I see is a number that would be in the first round, and that's Georgia running back DeAndre Swift. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, listen, A.J. Dillon out of Boston College is sure. a kid. The uh, Hilaire at LSU. I mean, you got guys that I do think are going to be great running backs. If I'm, I, if I'm a team that needs a running back, the best part about using that first-round pick is you get them – under that rookie contract for five years, right? right? So you've got them covered, and you don't have to make any decisions about that second contract until that time. You still have the franchise opportunity, but being able to get a, you know, looking at it now, a Zeke Elliott, you know, or a Gurley, or, you know, or a Saquon for five years, possibly six, even seven, without having to give them that second contract, Go get him. Like, don't, if you love a guy on the board, don't sit there and be like, oh, we just can't because it's a run. Hell no. I mean, it's cutthroat as it comes. Don't get me wrong. It sucks for the running back. But the reality is, I don't think that's, it's not a reason. You can work around it where you can get that kind of production from a guy who is a game changer and you don't have to consider giving him that second contract. You just don't. It's not necessary. Yeah, the difference is, will teams choose that any of these guys are worth it right. to be kind of a three-down back by themselves bell cow? Because right. if not, and you're just going to go the committee route anyway, right. then maybe you don't spend the first or second round pick. Because you can get some of these guys, Hilaire, you're talking about, Dobbins, yep. probably in the third round, and Absolutely. have it still be just a good enough part of a committee. Yep. So a lot, uh, lot still to go on, obviously, with the draft guys, wide receivers, offensive linemen, tight ends. Uh, we'll begin to cover all of that uh, coming up this week for you. We'll take a look at uh, the latest in Major League Baseball, the Coulds, the Woods, a lot going on. But in the meantime, 
Uh, Dane and I will be back tomorrow for you here on the early line. Great programming coming ahead here on the grid. So be safe. Enjoy the day. Come back and join us tomorrow. It is the early line on Sports Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, well, total fake out there. I uh, I thought we uh, we were done, but we're not done. We got another segment there. Is uh, I got, got more stuff people screaming in my ear there. But uh, just to fake out, we're here again for you. One more segment on the early line. What do you want? It's early. Uh, Dane Martinez, I'm Joe Ranieri here. As uh, we've been tackling the, uh, of course, the draft that is coming up here in 30 days. A lot of different ways to approach it. Uh, and we haven't really gotten out of the top five picks. Uh, you know, the right. top three to five picks. Wait until we start getting into that next round, the middle rounds, of course, just in the top and some of the needs and, and those types of things for, uh, for the teams. And we'll sure. do this once we get to, you know, when we start looking at even that second half of the top 10, right? When you talk about Carolina, you talk about the Cardinals, you talk about the Jags at nine and Cleveland at 10 still right. before we even get to 11, uh, which is the Jets and the Raiders at 12. Um, there could be, and I would almost break it down, that first five, and then the fireworks that can happen from five to ten, depending on who does what up there, starting with number six, of course, with the Chargers. So I do think there is plenty of opportunities and players in this draft for teams uh, in the first round. It's always a crapshoot, Dane, but the quality of the players available for the needs of these teams that are coming up certainly in the top 10 when you look at carolina we're we're talking simmons right like they're going to need or they're they're still building the think about what uh, the picket number eight for the cardinals could be they could bolster that offensive line having yep. let's say the giants go and take an offensive lineman they're going to have the next best offensive lineman in a draft yeah. that is going to fall to them there so that they could hit a home run um jacksonville having the opportunity to be able to go defense build that defensive line or or replace that they've lost right. two in the secondary now Bouye and they and they missed of course Jalen Ramsey have gone right. so they've got their pick of the litter there and then even listen pick number 10 you're looking at um uh you're still looking at Cleveland who again offensive linemen there are four or five top shelf offensive linemen in this draft um, and three of them, I think, they could be gone by the top ten. And if the Jets get their head out of their ass, then the four best offensive linemen in this draft could all be gone by it comes to pick number 12. Exactly. And so, you know, I'm going to be a little bit selfish here, Joe. And I'm going to talk about this in terms of the Jets hoping to get an offensive lineman at pick number 11. Yes. Everybody who listens and watches the early line here on SportsGrid, not only do we give you the edge day by day, but you know Joe and I, if you're here every morning with us, Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 a.m. on the grid, you know we are both Jets fans. Yep. And you know that we both want them to not go with the shiny new toy of the wide receiver, CeeDee Lamb or Jerry Judy, who, by the way, are the top two wide receivers, most people believe, on this draft board. CeeDee Lamb mm -hmm. out of Oklahoma, Jerry Judy out of Alabama. There are some people that are mocking the Jets at 11 to go ahead and get one of those wideouts. That's Joe, right. you and I have talked about it before. We think that new GM Joe Douglas is going to build from the inside out. We've seen them already go get three, four potential versatile starters in free agency. And the question is, will they put the coup de grace on a revamped offensive line at pick number 11? Yep. I think the back half of the top 10, we've talked about all the fireworks that can happen with the quarterbacks, right? All the way through six at the Los Angeles Chargers. I am hoping, Joe, that the Giants take one of the, you know, one of the offensive linemen. And just for people who may not know, right, the offensive linemen that we're talking about, there are four. And it's Tristan Wirfs from Iowa. Yep. We're talking about um, Becton yep. from Louisville. Yep. We're talking about, who else is it? It's Wills from Alabama. Wills, yeah, that's, that's right? the, uh, everyone loves and that kid, Andrew, man. And then there's Andrew Thomas yep. from Georgia, right? So 
where might those four go? In my opinion, Joe, the Giants are perfectly suited for one of them. Yeah. You talked about it. At seven, I think the Panthers have a need for defense, the perfect fit of being Isaiah Simmons, right? Mm -hmm. Then we have Arizona at eight, Jacksonville at nine, and the Cleveland Browns at 10. Yep. The only way the Jets strike out on the offensive lineman is if it goes O-line, O-line, O-line. And then that's the only way all four of them are gone. So I hold out hope that it doesn't happen. I do, though, Joe, think that it's smart for the Arizona Cardinals. Right. Pick number eight, the second-year head coach, the developing quarterback. You now traded for DeAndre Hopkins there. You need to keep Kyler Murray upright. We saw that he has the ability to extend plays, but it looks like you're shoving all in with your offense and your second-year quarterback. Go protect him. Use pick number eight on one of the offensive linemen, maybe a guy like Wills Jr. out of Alabama. Yeah, I and it's there's going to be a run on him. The question is, is, when does it happen? And listen, the wide receivers themselves, there could be a run back-to-back. To me, there's three big wide receivers in this crew, too, right? You got CeCe Lamb, you got Judy, and you got Henry Ruggs III, who everybody's been gushing over ever since the the combine for just being the fastest dude that anybody's ever seen. So he's fast, but his route running is really good. A lot of people think Ruggs would be gone ahead of some of the other guys. And when you start looking at the wide receivers and where they become good fits, it's not at the top ten, guys. It's... When you get to the Jets, and this is our fear, that they get, you know, they fall in love with uh, CeCe Lamb or, you know, Ruggs or one of these guys. But when you look at the Jets, the Raiders, and even the 49ers, guys, that's 11, 12, and 13. Tell me all three of those. They're one of their biggest needs, eight wide receiver, and having a stud like this. So right in the middle of that could be a a crazy-ass run of wide receivers all gone Between 11, if the Jets lose their mind, uh, 11, 12, but I can see the Raiders doing it. I can see the 49ers doing it, who, you know, we have no idea who their receivers are going to be. So I could see them going out and getting Judy or Ruggs or whoever it is. There could be a serious, I think, cluster of these types of runs. Offensive line, uh, based upon the order and what we've got. Wide receivers, offensive lines, and then a lot of, you know, when, you, when Miami gets to the second pick, which I think is not until, what, number 18? So they're that, that 10 through 20. Miami, to me, just has to keep going. Best player on the board, best player on the board, best player on the board. You know what I mean? That's yeah, what you just keep going. And I think a lot of that will be built once you get the quarterback. Um, it's either going to be whatever offensive line is set or they're going to start building that defense because of the amount of defensive players that we've got in this draft, guys. And that first round is loaded with linebackers and guys, defensive linemen that can actually go. There's, a, there's not as many edge rushers as we had last year, but there are, there are pieces that will be buildable for teams' defenses moving forward. So that 10 to 12 could get a whole lot of linebackers and a whole lot of wide receivers, that 10 to 20 uh, gap right. in this draft. So listen, you're going to have your true standouts, right? The Chase Youngs, the Okudas, right. the Simmonses, right? But then, you know... The, the quarterbacks will kind of go off the board first. Then we're talking about a run on offensive linemen, the Giants, and then a bunch of teams towards the end of the top 10, right? Mm-hmm. Arizona, potentially the Cleveland Browns, as they look to you know put adults in the room and get serious about the right way to develop quarterback. And then we're talking about the New York Jets at 11. You know what's interesting? All these teams were potentially slating offensive linemen to. Mm-hmm. The Giants, the Cardinals, the Browns, the Jets. They are all in position to have a second or third year quarterback that they still need to protect. That's why that could be the priority for those teams. Then you're talking about the Raiders at 12 in the wide receiver market, potentially, right? They've been flirting with wide receivers, whether it's Antonio Brown or Odell Beckham. We know they want to address wide out. You mentioned San Francisco. I've seen a lot of mock drafts that does have San Francisco taking a wide receiver, a lot of them, you know, connecting the dots to Henry Ruggs III. You know, they did lose Emmanuel Sanders in free agency going to the New Orleans Saints. But to be quite honest, Joe, I believe that San Francisco is such a Shanahan scheme kind of offense, right? This is an offense, Joe, you know it. There's three different running backs that on any given day can carry the mail. They have George Kittle, one of the dominant tight ends. That, you know, guys like Debo Samuel came yep. on for them. K- 
Kendrick Bourne. For me, the, the Niners offense is one that does not necessarily need to spend for that prototypical big-time wide receiver one. I know a lot of mock drafts have them taking a wide receiver, but I don't know because it's such a kind of greater than the sum of its parts offense. I look, Joe, for wide receiver at a team like Denver at pick 15. Okay, you want to, again, support the kid Drew Locke in his development. Cortland Sutton came on big-time last year maybe adding another weapon to him remember they got melvin gordon as well i think they could be all systems go getting weapons for the kid drew lock denver as a team i think could be looking wide receiver yeah and i, I think you're going to see a a run on a couple of teams uh players here i, I think clemson's going to have a good right. you know what i mean i think they're going to have a good showing both on offense and defense um let us not forget the um uh, the kid t higgins the wide receiver there yep. Uh, that was, you know, he's now coming out for the draft. I think a lot of wide receiver teams, when we get into the back end of that first round, teams like Seattle um, would certainly look to uh, a T. Higgins type of situation, a kid that's tall, he's 6'4", he's 216, he's that monster target everybody dreams of. You know what I mean? So I think Clemson can get some some teams. I think you're still going to get your run of Alabama players one way or the We've got other. Off on that. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're going to get Xavier McKinney who's going to come out as a hard hit. Minka Fitzpatrick type that's going to crush people over the middle as a safety. Um, you're going to have those kinds of guys, but LSU was just loaded, guys. I mean, not with Burrow withstanding, you know, we talked Jefferson about, you know, out. absolutely, man. I mean, you've got guys on LSU across the board. Uh, Chase on uh, the, uh, the linebacker uh, from the outside edge rusher. You, I mean, you go down the list here of possible uh, sure. LSU players. Justin Jefferson was a monster target, too. 6'2", 200 pounds. Maybe Philadelphia, who didn't get Robbie Anderson, looking for another one of those targets, wide receiver. So I do think a lot of this, when we start looking at a lot of these numbers, LSU, you know, the, the you're going to look at Alabama, and we're going to look at Clemson, and they are going to dominate. And I know there's some props around that. How many Clemson players? How many Alabama players? Exactly. Uh, there's a lot to, that, that can go right here, guys. A.J. Terrell, another cornerback from Clemson, is another guy that can go. They can have five guys in the top of the, in, in the first 32 picks. So, that Joe. could be from Clemson and LSU, for that matter. So, so Joe. If you think that, then boy, do I have an opportunity for you. What do we got? <laughs> what do we got? Over, over at FanDuel, they do. They, hold, they hang over under on some of these big boy schools, right? Okay. So, like, they're hanging five and a half as Alabama players in the first round. We know about Tua. We know about the offensive, uh, you know, we know about the lineman Wills. We know about both wide receivers, right? Sure. Rugs yeah. and Judy. You know, so obviously that's interesting. Clemson, though, you think there could be a bunch of Clemson kids. Joe, the number's only two and a half. Really? And the over is plus money, Joe. The over is plus money. So let's play this game, okay? All right, so I already know Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons is one. One. Right? All right. Now you have the potential, you just said, of McKinney, right, the cornerback? McKinney? And and Higgins, to be quite honest, Joe. I hope Higgins doesn't go in the first round because I want the Jets to draft him early in the second round. Oh, okay, never mind then. All right, so I'm not going (laughs) to bet against that. But, yes, I think Terrell. Right. Right. So you have a lot of different options. I like this kind of prop bet, Joe, because for some of these schools, there's some that are definite, we know, and then there's multiple opportunities which way may it go, right? right? And so just so you know, Joe, we got Alabama five and a half. Clemson, two and a half. Maybe you're interested in that over at plus 195 on FanDuel. Ohio State is two and a half. Yep. We know about Akuda, right? Yep. You know, I mean, it's interesting. And I think this one is a good one. Georgia, one and a half, Joe. We know the offensive lineman, Andrew Thomas. Right. Then we get into this kind of like correlating our bets. We talked about the running back before. Yep. You know, will Swift go in the first round? If Swift goes in the first round, you hit this over. That's right? correct. We're talking about over on the quarterbacks, four and a half. If someone falls in love with Fromm, you hit this bet. And then you talk about how LSU dominated. They like the Crimson Tide, Joe. Five and a half is the number for their players. The go Tigers to go in the first round. I mean, Fulton quarterback, Patrick Queen linebacker, two LSU guys. Not to mention the quarterback, Justin Jefferson. Uh You know, that's four. 
safety. Yeah, exactly. Help with the safety. Yeah, you know, chase on the edge response. I mean, yeah. guys, they. I yeah. like the kid Hilaire, the pass catching back. He won't be a first rounder, but I like him. That, exactly. Yes. I mean, all in all, guys, there could, there could be just it's absolute funny how all monster SEC, numbers SEC from them. Too, right? Yep. These are like all SEC schools. Like, yep. total number of Alabama, total number of Georgia, total number of LSU. Crazy. Makes you wonder why the yep. SEC such a dominant conference. And, you know, absent here, and you think about this, too, I mean, they'll be very top-heavy, but Ohio State, I mean, outside yeah, of Akuda. Two and a half. Two and a half. I don't know who else Ohio State have, but, again, you've got to understand, too, that there are teams that they'll pick. They want them from these schools. I mean, let's yeah, especially in this into, Yeah, right. They translate into great NFL players. Not a lot of Oregon players outside right. of – but you'll get a lot of guys that might look at Ohio State players in the top round just because they're from Ohio State and they know what they're getting. But outside of Chase Young and Akuda, I think that's, I think the under in Ohio State, given the quality of players from the other schools we just discussed, I think there's a possibility to cash there. Yeah, it's possible. We know about, obviously, Young and Okuda. But you talked about it at the very beginning of the show. I know we're wrapping up, Joe, but at the very beginning of the show, you said well, we don't have a pro day. We don't have physicals, right? Sometimes you rely on tape, and maybe you rely on pedigree as well. I agree. And these big-time schools certainly have that in spades. Yep, and there's a lot of question marks with uh, the number 23 pick, New England, of course. Yes. What do they do? Which route do they go? Do they bolster weapons uh, to surround Jared Stinham and company? Do they go quarterback? Is that might where you see a Jordan Love or him go somewhere with that? Could be. Um, does he move down? Like, I mean, it, they, anything and everything, I think, is on the table there. I do think uh, Iowa's got some players uh, coming out along oh. with Worfs. They've got uh, they've yeah, got a right. couple. Yeah. yeah, they got some guys. So there is a lot of different ways to go with it. But uh, all of them are going to be a lot of fun. And, of course, when it's all said and done, Dan and I will have our top 32 there and which way we think they're going to go. And we'll keep diving into this as we move along throughout the week here. Uh, introducing you to many of these kids, many of the, you know, the schools, the programs, and of course, how they are uh, graded out moving forward into the NFL. So, Dane, I'm fairly certain that we are certainly finished now. I'm pretty sure that we, uh, we nailed uh, all of the things. I'm uh, fairly certain so. my clock works now. So, uh, I'll say it again. We'll be back tomorrow morning, of course, here on the early line. In the meantime, get ready. The morning after is coming up. And, uh, of course, Dane and I, We'll be back again. So enjoy your day. Be safe. Come back and join us again tomorrow here on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. Sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. Sportsgrid.com.